One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Fembrain. Insane in the uh, Fembrain. Greetings, one and all. We're back. We're back. We've not done. We've not done one of these for a while, but here we are. We're starting again. Insane in the Fembrain coming at you. Um, good. Yeah, I'm glad. I hope you're all right. I hope you're well listening to this. Um, I'm, I'm still loving doing these. In fact, I have a newfound joy for it. I realise that these connections, these conversations we're having with people, is just the ticket to getting me all fired up. Um, our guest this week is uh, fine artist Susie Lark. I'm, I met Susie Lark um, initially through Jade, but uh, we've since gone on to do some stuff together. Um, we actually, I'm actually there's a book coming out now of Susie's, and I'm my, what we did together is in that as part of the exhibition. And the exhibition is actually on the South Bank as well as we speak. It's up on I think they're showing it on the side on the it's outside. It's on the front of the building. I've got a photograph of it somewhere. I'll stick that up. Link to this. Um, and it was it really fired me up working with Susie. Really, it was it really it got things stirred within me. Uh, so yeah, this conversation will take a turn we do get involved because Susie's working on another project um, which is to do with uh, domestic violence there's no other way of putting it she's working on that and it was a really interesting chat that I've never had before and I will say that as well I've not I, I hadn't realised I haven't really spoken about it but unfortunately it's a thing that's very prevalent at the minute and we got into it and and anyone listening to this, if you are, if you're going through that, if something like that, if there's something going on, it doesn't even have to be physical, like we talk about in the episode. Talk to someone, reach out, and I promise you, there's someone there that will listen. Honestly, do it. It's a really interesting chat. I think you're going to love it. Susie's a great. Was really easy to talk to. She's a fantastic artist, fantastic woman. It's a real, real pleasure to have her on. So uh, coming up in a bit is Susie Lark. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
a podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. So you good? You alright? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm just yeah busy juggling just the zillion things and just dropping plates, if you know what I mean. Mm, all the time. Yeah. yeah. How's the? How did the uh, exhibition go? Because it was. Oh you yeah. Get, it kind of came along at the. Then we had another lockdown and. Yeah. So I found out yesterday that it's been the exhibition in South Bank has been extended till the end of March, which is great because oh, I was just like. You know, one hand, I was like, yeah, amazing, you know, having my work on the South Bank outdoors so people can actually, you know, see it, walk by mm. safely. But then having the limitation and, and having, you know, just us being in lockdown probably until the end of February at least. Um, and then I was like, yay, got an exhibition that no one can actually go and see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know, I felt for you because it's, it's such a great, it's such a great idea. Mm, um, yeah, and because because you're you, the conversations that you and I have had about mm. mental health, you know, it's something that's obviously important to you. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I think the more I've been doing this project, um, the more the more I believe in what I'm doing. If that makes sense, mm. or the more I see it's like worthwhile. It's a worthy. It's definitely a worthy um, process of of. Uh, looking at stuff and um yeah. yeah yeah it's great i mean i when we the one we did to put the photo we did together the mm. process of putting that together really fired me up it really it was really, really interesting yeah it really it triggered some stuff in a good okay. way i know people yeah, yeah. connect the word triggered with negative things but yeah it got me it really got me thinking about mm. the show i was i was putting together at the time and it, mm. yeah, I thought it was great. It was, a, it was, a, it really inspired me. So I imagine that happened to the, the other people that you had on as well. Well, I hope so. They have, they've sort of, they've said so, but then you know, you just sort of worry that they, <laughs> they're just, just telling that. you what you think you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I found it really helpful. I found it really cathartic. I mean, I certainly did. Um, but uh, I, I think it's the kind of thing that you don't necessarily think it's going to make any difference you're just doing a picture or whatever and I think it's sort of through the process of making these images that stuff seems to come out and you might realize it maybe afterwards or yeah uh, do you know what I mean I know exactly what you mean I find how did you art, find it well I found it what I love about art the, what fast the art that I like is that it's not just what's in front of you the end product but it's the story mm. behind it like yeah. how that came to be I f really adds to it for me. So if, mm. if, if something's got a fascinating story, I'm more into uh, it. Makes me appreciate the art even more. The finish, the picture. Yeah, definitely. and that's what. I f and that's w and seeing your process really mm. opened my eyes to what goes on. Like it wasn't just a case of oh, we're just going to take some photos today. There was a mm. real like the the, the conversations we had leading up to it, and the conversation mm. we had <clears throat> before we started doing the shoot. It mm. really, it was really inspiring to oh, see good. yeah mm. that's what I, you know all any art i've realized that i'm into is it's not just what you see it's the story as well yeah which i love mm. you know what got you going what started you off why what when when did you know you wanted to be an artist or did it just sort of happen um well i guess i've always been uh creative i've always been artistic um mm. since i was little and um it was one of the things i excelled at in school so i'm not very academic i'm dyslexic um right, but, okay. but when i was 
when I was, you know, primary school, when I was really young, uh, it was, I was always, you know, the top of the class in art and things like that. And I just found it that very easy. Um, and, I, and in fact, yeah, because I, I nearly uh, studied uh, fine arts as a degree. So all throughout schooling, I did um, art and and when I, it wasn't until I was in my, I was probably 15 when I was selecting GCSEs. And then I found out that, you know, we actually had the option of doing photography and a, a friend had recommended it to me. And, um, and then that's when I started getting into the photography. And it's not until sort of the last five or six years that I've been doing this type of photography, this sort of um, mm. fine art photography. And, and I think I've, found it a way of combining my my love of art and drawing with photography because a lot of it is um is of the process is is in the computer is is in the the post-production is editing is putting different pictures together and then kind of sewing them together in photoshop and maybe mm. adding a little bit of i don't know effects or lighting but it's always really simple so it's um it's not that I'm a, a, a master at Photoshop because sometimes people think that I am and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, really not. <laughs> um, I just keep it really simple. And then I know I've self-taught, so I know what um, the bits that I know, I know well because I've practiced them again and again and again. And I just, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, the creative thing has always been in me. As I guess it's in my family. Two of my brothers are musicians. And, yeah, we, my mum was quite creative, quite... Um, she was into art and music as well. Yeah, right. OK, so it's always been there. Just Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, my dad was... A, he went to art school, and so subconsciously mm. it's always... There's always been art and literature and yeah. <clears throat> things that were that were, people might necessarily they might they might sort of put, put as outside of the you know regular nine to five job thing yeah. so i always was, was aware there's that there was there were other options artistic options mm-hmm. but how did your how did you become aware I, i've you know, I've, I've never really had a chat about with someone about dyslexia before i've realized mm. i don't know much about it is that what was happening to you that made you think, hang on, something's up? Well, I guess, um, as I say, when I was in school, I wasn't very academic, um, but I was I was quite a, a nerd and I, I really, and conscientious, so I would work really hard um, and sort of struggle to get a B. I would never get very high marks, even when I'd studied and studied. Um, but it didn't get really, it didn't get picked up on in school or throughout my schooling. Um, and and I guess as well, uh, because I'd taken for A-level, for example, I did art, photography and psychology. Mm. So, of course, with the art and photography, they were mostly pr- practical. So, again, that didn't, it didn't get picked up on until I went to university. And because I was in an art college, I went to Falmouth College of Arts. And thankfully, they do a sort of screening of all the first years because apparently it's it's really common amongst um creative people artistic people and um and uh they they do this process of of screening art students now which is great um and yeah they there was a woman that i remember her coming in and giving us a talk about it and saying that you know there's just so much stigma that's attached to it there's so there's lots of 
misconceptions that surround dyslexia and people think you know oh people are just a bit slow or whatever um and they were talking about like the campaigns to try and get it changed uh the name changed to now <laughs> i can't remember this part of my dyslexia whether it's right brained or left brained um so it's because you use um, predominantly well, one side of the brain which is more to do with emotions is to do with creativity and the other side of the brain is is more um, logical and stuff like this and dyslexic people have um, uh, problems with processing um, information from short-term memory to long-term memory and that's often what causes some problems when they come to revising for exams mm. and they're trying to sort of help university students at that level um, help them um, develop better ways of studying and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's when I found out it was the first year of uni. And I thought it was great. It was like winning the lottery because all the people that got <laughs> um, diagnosed with dyslexia were um, were given a, a free computer oh, <laughs> by wow. the local authority. So I was like, woohoo. <laughs> and I got, a, I got a new MacBook and I was well chuffed. It was oh, just like, nice. I, I have won. It was great. <laughs> so... <laughs> And they even gave me Photoshop as well, even though that has absolutely nothing to do with helping me academically. But, you know, they, I went to my local authority and they said, oh, you know, what programs would you would you find useful on this computer? And at the time you had to buy Photoshop as a program rather than, um, you know, uh, these days you can rent it. Um, mm from Adobe anyway so I got that but not that I did use it because back in those days I, I hadn't got a clue we didn't no. even use Photoshop because it was um it was like 2000 2001 I was in university or 2000 I think I went to university yeah, right, okay 1999 it was a while ago hmm. yeah I think it's I yeah I know what you mean about not being academic it's not, and there's this there's this assumption that people, when you say it, people go, "Oh, I'm not saying I'm stupid. It's just mm. I just I just didn't seem to be interested in what they were telling me, and so it mm -hmm. didn't stay. None, it didn't really. I wasn't interested, so it didn't stay in. But then yeah. you because of the system, you're made to feel, "Oh, you you're not into if you're not following this, then there's something wrong with you." Yeah. And you're like, "No, I'm just not into it. I don't give a fuck. I don't care mm. when the Normans came." I don't yeah. care. I just, <laughs> I want to go and do this. I want to go and do something else. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that needs to change that assumption that, yeah, we should, cause I do, I, I, I'm fascinated by people that can reel off huge um, chunks of things they've just read and, oh, yeah. and, and quotes from films and stuff like that. And, mm. And I, I think I don't know if it's just the way my brain works, but I get to an end of the end of a film, and then I, I, I either liked it or I didn't like it, yeah. but I couldn't tell you much about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's particular things that really stood out for me, but those things are often visual things, and I think yeah. there's quite a difference, isn't there, between people and and um, some people will remember sounds more, some people uh, visuals. Or other people with details and facts and things like that. I've never been one to remember facts and stuff. I was rubbish at history. I liked it. I found it interesting. I just couldn't remember it. Yeah. So, yeah. Same. I, I find it. I've, I've, it's, I see it all the time. Or I'll go to quote somebody or something, and I'll, I'll always mm. get it wrong. I'll yeah. go, oh, and then I'm, my favourite thing is to say, "Well, I'm paraphrasing." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking bollocks half the time. Um, <laughs> But I love, I but art always fired me up, and so I was really excited to be involved with with what you were doing. Um, mm. 
Yeah, it was great. You got a book as well, is that right? So a book coming out. Yeah, yeah. So it arrived uh, yesterday, the day before. So we've got them piled up in in the hallway at the moment, and um, I'm just putting the book onto the website at the moment, onto the shop, um, so that people can buy uh, a copy. But I'm really, it's just, it's been a long time coming. Um, in some ways, it's good I've been allowed extra time to work on the book because of the pandemic, mm. um, because I was doing this project and it was commissioned by Unlimited, and then I. When you you know you have a commission, it's sort of within a certain time frame um, you have to complete it by. But then the pandemic came along, just as we were about to start touring the exhibition, mm. and um, and the world stopped, didn't it? And, yeah. Uh, and it yeah, and it's still kind of ground to a halt in some in many ways. And but the, the silver lining was that I was allowed more time. I was allowed to. It, very carefully, I was allowed to keep photographing some people locally, yeah, at a distance or outdoors, and um, and I got some more images for the book, and we've added some bits that are sort of to do with people's responses to um, coronavirus and the lockdown, and um, yeah, it's I'm, I'm really I'm really pleased with it. I really am. Um, it's been a, <laughs> it's been a long process. I had no idea what what um was involved in in you know making creating a book and getting it all together and the, the the tweaks and then the the tweaks on the tweaks and then you're like oh no wait there hang on it's not quite i just need to tweak that tweak <laughs> oh it's just been like endless but it's done and it's you know even now if i look at it and, and my perfectionist brain will be like oh but what about this tiny little yeah. bit <laughs> well it's like musicians say i don't know about albums when yeah. they say an album's it's it's finished it's done but it's not finished it'll never be yeah. finished you can always tweak bits yeah yeah completely yeah <laughs> but it's obviously yeah. been you've it's been a godsend as well that you've had something to focus on yes while all this yeah. has been going on yes yeah that has yeah. been good yeah yeah how have you found it with uh, work and stuff um i found it yeah you kind of i think it shows i don't know it showed that there's more I'm I, I'm all right in a crisis. It's I yeah. feel I'm, I have my down days where everything just I'm just full of despair and everything just seems mm. pointless. Mm. But I'm able to after a few days I'm able to sort of go right. I get I get fed up with feeling fed up. Oh yeah, I get fed I up. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I get annoyed with myself that I'm that I feel depressed again, and I'm like, yeah. for fuck's sake, come on, man. Yeah. And that, and then I sort of kick myself up the arse. Also, mm. this, doing these podcasts has kept me going as well, talking to people yeah. and just, just having that connection. And then people messaging going, mate, loved it this week. Mm. Oh, okay. And it makes it, if someone is appreciating what you're doing, it fires you up to do more of it. Yeah. Which definitely. I imagine is the same with art. It's it, yeah. People are... You know, people see what you're doing and go, I love that. It maybe triggered this, it made me feel that way and this way and yeah. which keeps you keep, keeps you energised, doesn't it? Oh, completely, completely. And it, yeah, from something that went from in the early days, literally it was just like, oh, I'm just going to uh, experiment, just play with some images that I wanted to make um, just for me and uh, didn't ever imagine exhibiting them or anyone else seeing them from from now working now with other people making images and um, then being very much in the public domain and um, yeah it's and having having the uh, the response that I've had that I never imagined that you know people would connect so much with the work and it's it's 
it's reassuring, isn't it? You feel yeah. like, you know, it's you're doing your kind of bit to be a bit open. Like I found it quite daunting at first to sort of put myself out there. I was very hesitant to um, to do my first exhibition and um, the the photographs of my self portraits and, and put myself sort of out there like that was mm. really scary and it made me feel quite vulnerable um at first but then but then when it was kind of there on the wall and i was like okay it's not that bad actually it's all right and um and i think that if you are I mean, you must get this as well if you're in a position where you're promoting um you know open conversation about mental health and kind of you know, owning that stuff and people being open about it, then I suppose you kind of, you've got to take your own advice and you've got to be open yourself because you can't, you can't really be sort of promoting this stuff, I don't think, unless you're prepared to do it yourself. If you know yeah, what I absolutely. mean. I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah, it's all mm. about, you got to open up, you've got to reach out. But, and do you mm. know what? It's funny you say that because there was a moment a few weeks ago where I wasn't, I, I realized mm. I was, I had shut down. I wasn't right. talking to anyone. I wasn't, I wasn't in, I wasn't, the, the, I, nothing was getting me going. Mm. And I just, and I just, yeah, I completely shut down. And, <clears throat> and then I think, yeah, the hypocrisy of me telling people to reach out whilst not doing that myself. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah, that sort of dragged me out of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I totally get what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I think <laughs> we will all have moments when we just, you know, and that's valid too, where you've got moments, um, days, weeks, that when you when you can't and you have to process things just by yourself and you do have to allow yourself to, to just be. And if you can't, you know, summon up the energy to do anything or to, even get out of bed or whatever then that's okay too and you just got to ride it through and then and then but I think you know that that like you say the hope is that you get to the point where I don't know I certainly I, I identify with that sort of annoying the shit out of yourself and then you're like right yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody or I need to go out and go for a walk or whatever it may be that makes you feel better um, yeah yeah I think it's yeah <clears throat> and I think we a lot of us i know i do we we beat beat ourselves up if we've, if we've not achieved mm. anything during the day and or we've not you know we've Absolutely. not you're, yeah just sometimes just getting dressed is an effort and you just you just yeah. like you've just said you've got to just go with it don't beat yourself up because yeah. wow yeah like it's been it's been said before like people do that don't they you kind of you get trapped in this spiral of oh what's the point i didn't do anything today mm. oh well, well that's because well i've wasted a day Oh, well, the tomorrow will be shit as well. Oh, what's the and you end up just in this horrible spiral where you should just allow yourself. Yeah. Go, oh, you didn't do anything today. Yeah. Fine, you might not do yeah. anything tomorrow, but you might do yeah. the next day. But don't beat yourself it's, up about it. Totally, totally. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's so true. It's so important to be kind to yourself and listen yeah. to the the voices in your own head. These negative voices um, that are just constantly putting you down and kind of like, oh, you haven't done enough. Um, yeah, I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always pushing myself to do more and more and better and better. Um, but when you are exhausted, you just need to give yourself the break and, and, yeah. and allow yourself to do 
fuck all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's important to do fuck all <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Mickey Flanagan used to do a bit about that. And he used to say about like, I did fuck all. I mean, like proper old school fuck all. Mm. Like, you know, I might, I think I ran a bath. That was it. But just doing nothing. Because so it's mm. all very, like, you know, we watch films, we watch TV and we watch this, that and the other. It's so important sometimes just to watch a bit of shit, just to watch yeah. the transporter yeah. with Jason Statham. Just something, just something that <laughs> does not too taxing. Just go, ah, yeah, that's cool. He's going to kick the shit out of all them fellas. Brilliant. All right, I'll watch that for a bit. Allow yeah, yourself, yeah. allow yourself to do that. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I see there's a new, there's a new, um, uh, a new gallery opening in Cardiff. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jade's mate Becky was talking about it online. Um, okay. So I, this is what I love. I, I've, I'm a huge fan of Wales and the people therein. Mm. There's so much going on. I, I was talking to Sean Smith, who's he's he yeah. part of like the music side of it all, and there's so much to, going on. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is great. I, I really appreciate it. Like having, I lived away. I lived in Spain for ten years, and I came back about six years ago, and I just, I just appreciate it so much more than I did, you know, when I was younger. I guess I, you know, I sort of, I grew up uh, in Panar, just outside of Cardiff, oh, um, yeah. and I had my teens here, and then I went to university, and then pretty much after university, I, I went to Spain. So it'd been a long time that I hadn't lived here, um, and I really missed, and just, I missed home, and I missed Wales, and I missed... Cardiff and the sense of humour here and uh, and the warmth of people as well. Like people are really genuinely friendly here. I really yes. do like that. Um, and it, yeah, Cardiff in particular, I think, as a city, as a capital city, it's really quite. It's quite small, and I like that. It's intimate, and and people are nice. People are, are warm. It's quite yeah. important, and like you say, there is a lot. Uh, it's really culturally rich. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of art, and there's a lot of people with a lot of enthusiasm to do stuff here, which is great. Yeah, that, for sure. yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's the word, isn't it? Enthusiasm. Mm. It's not even. Yeah, it's it's not even about smashing it. It's just the fact that people want to do things. Yeah. That, yeah, that's 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 a great word. I know the gigs that I when I started gigging, mm. most of my gigs at the beginning were in Wales so I spent a lot of time mm, okay. and not just in the not just in the in Cardiff but going off out up into the valleys right. going off to Aberystwyth and then up to, yeah. to North Wales it's everybody has been everyone was welcoming you're right yeah, yeah I've got a lot of time for Wales mm. yeah it's a beautiful place mm. so is it just photography that you're dealing with now or do you still do you still draw or paint um no I just oh god I haven't drawn anything in age well unless you count my really great sketches that i do which you've seen <laughs> i do do some sometimes i will do the occasional good sketch but normally they're little stick men and i i always sketch out um the ideas before i put them in, into photos right. um but uh no it's it's mainly it's it's just photos that i concentrate on i, I have dabbled with the idea of maybe doing some life drawing but you know, I've just never got the time to be honest. And um, and I really thought that uh, you know, you, you come to the end of a project and you think, oh, all right, that's it. I'm gonna gonna have a month off because it has. It, I just feel like it's been nonstop for like the last two years. Mm. 
more than that. It's been two and a half years I've been doing this project. Um, and, and I thought, all right, okay, as soon as the book's done, as soon as, you know, the exhibition's done, I can have, I can sit back for a bit, but I've got um, a commission that I'm doing this month and I've got a, um, it's got to be completed by the end of the month, which is, it's a, it's not a, it's just a series of three to five image, depending on how, um, how many turn out well. Um, but it's, a month is not an awfully long time to, to do it, and especially not with the restrictions of coronavirus, but it's a really interesting commission. Um, it's, uh, it's for trying to illustrate the experiences of women um, who, who go through domestic abuse and controlling coercive behaviour. Oh yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's really interesting. It's a research program that's been going for about four years, and they they've commissioned me to make some images for the presentation that they're doing. Um, and the the program's called uh, One in No, sorry, None in Three, um, which is the ideal because they apparently it's one in three women um, will have experienced some form of domestic violence or coercive controlling behavior in, in mm. relationships, some kind of abuse um, in in their lifetime and, and the, the, they call it none in three because they're hoping that that would be that would be the ideal yeah. but in fact you know from their studies it, it I think the, the the prevalence of it is a lot higher actually than one in three um, anyway so they've developed through the research and everything they've developed um, a computer game as a kind of educational, informative um, tool um, to help women recognize um, some of these patterns, especially oh, with right. subtle things like coercive controlling behavior in relationships. Apparently it's most common um, amongst women between the ages of about 16 to 25. So young women are most affected by this and, um, and they're hoping to to use this um, the computer game in in schools in universities um, to help inform women of behaviours that sometimes a lot of it gets normalised and um, and they want to try and kind of dispel some of these myths and kind of go yeah no that's that's mm. that's not okay you know anyway so that my part of it is and I've well, since I've been researching to do these images I've you look online at kind of like uh, images to illustrate domestic violence and stuff like that. And it's all really obvious, cliche, woman with a bruise on her face, mm. a black eye, a cut lip. And it's kind of like, well, what about all the, you know, millions and millions and millions of people that don't have any physical bruises? But, the, you know, what well, about all the... stuff going on, yeah. But there's a, a whole world of... of pain that they're going through um and so it's trying to to depict that in in images but i find it a really fascinating and worthy project to do and i think that uh, especially when i was doing the research as well i was just like man this is an area that kind of it's crying out for some imagery that actually would try i mean it's, it's mm. quite a challenge to be fair yeah. um but well, it, yeah i know it, what you mean it needs it, we do need some kind of imagery um, to, to express some of the suffering that goes on um, within 
some toxic relationships mm. that you just physically you cannot see and I suppose it's sort of in line with my last project my last project was called Unseen and it's about the struggles that nobody sees we're all walking around with this stuff but you don't you don't tend to see any struggles with your mental well-being because mm. it doesn't really physically manifest itself not normally it can do but normally it's all hidden away it's invisible and yeah. and so is is the effects of um, domestic abuse often it's not physical you can't see it so it's um, I yeah I mean yeah it's a, it's a great it's a great commission to have because I just think like I say I think it's a really really worthwhile absolutely um, and a course. challenge as well like you say to yeah <clears throat> to yeah to conjure up the image that portrays what you're what you're saying about there, there being non sort of physical size it's yeah. funny isn't it? when you it's only when you you, so I, I know I've spoken to people, and I can, and they're talking about their partner, mm. and you're going, that that's not that's not good. And but they don't. Yeah. I've had it said to me as well when I've spoken about something that's going on. They've gone, no, that's not right, mate. That's not cool. Yeah. And there was a there was a there was some stuff a few years ago, and there was it was, and they were talking about domestic abuse, and it's not just you know getting knocked around. It's things like mm. you know like them going through your phone them yes. telling you what you can and can't do and and things yes. like that and that's what you're talking about now isn't it is that it, the non-physical yeah. stuff yeah yeah and the stuff that very much gets normalized especially um in the younger generations um also interestingly the way that these days there's many more ways that um people can get to other people if you know what I mean mm. so exactly like with the with your phone I mean back in the day when we were growing up it that they we we didn't we could go home and close the door and that would be it and yeah. you know you wouldn't have people have a lot more access to to um to, to others now and they can get to them in in many different ways and online and texting or posting things online there's lots of ways that, that bullies and perpetrators mm. of domestic violence can can get to their victims and um yeah i mean obviously that would be one that um that i'll explore with one of the or at least one of the images is is phones is technology and how that plays a role in in tormenting people yeah, yeah. These people I know, there's a friend of mine <clears throat> that she's brilliant. Um, we were in a relationship years ago and then it didn't work mm. out, but we stayed friends. But I can't talk to her. I can't message. We can't message each other because of her partner. Mm. He's always going through her phone and kicks oh, off. Right. And and you're like, that's yeah. so out of order. You know, that's, yeah. it's just not on anyone. And yeah, I'd never dream of going through someone's phone. I know that sounds mm. like it just, it's just, it's not my phone. Yeah. So, there's, it all comes down to trust, but then that, but that, even that, it's, there's no excuse for it. There's no yeah. excuse for any of this shit to mm. do that to another person. Mm. Um, yeah, I know. I, yeah, and it's I, yeah, I, you see it all the time, and it's a real. It really breaks my heart. Yeah, and then yeah. they say, and then people go, "Oh, we'll just leave him or leave her," and it's not as easy as that. No, you know, it's no. They're doing such a great job of keeping them where keeping you with that person yeah and you i start think to blame yourself yeah and i think that's a th the thing is um like the the women that have um commissioned me they they've sent me some of the reports and stuff to read through and i've been oh gosh it's been a bit hard yeah, hard going yeah, yeah. doing the research but watching um 
some interesting documentaries and stuff, but they often a lot of the victims will talk about this kind of insidious behaviour that it kind of gets into you and it creeps up on you and people really do sort of lose their energy and the ability to, to fight it. And also, really depressingly, you know, because there's always that, well, why... Why doesn't she just leave? And mm. and really depressingly, in in some of the most serious cases, I think so. Of seventy five percent of women, I think this is right. Seventy five percent of women who are killed um, by their abusers, and um, the this happens after they've left them. So it's often oh, really? yeah. So yeah, it, it's a really tragic wow. thing because, and they say that. I guess because the um, the the perpetrators they have nothing left to lose. Yeah. So once that that woman or man in some cases have has left, then the, that can really that that's when they can be at their most. Um, it's most risky. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Which is, um, I think. It, yeah. Oh, that's awful. Mm. Oh, it's funny. There's a friend of mine <clears throat> that went through some stuff with a guy, and and when she eventually left him. He, I mean, she hasn't, she's not been, nothing awful has happened since, mm. but he just, so she was showing me the messages from him and, and it was a, it was a, it was a controlling man losing control and yeah. you could just see him unraveling and he was all these threats and he was talking about lawyers and he's going to do this, he's going to do that and oh, I'm mm. going to sue you, I'm going to do this and you and I, and she was saying, I mean, he's, and she was panicking, he's like, what am I going to do? I mean, just fucking ignore it. He's not, yeah. he doesn't, all of this is a man losing control that's all this is if you can just if you could just ride this shit bit out you'll be in such a better place and she is she's in a much better place now Mm. she went to the police and 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 put the complaint in and said look and they and and they they got in touch with him and said yeah you're what you're doing is abuse and you can pack it the fuck in mate yeah but it but people just don't do they? they they've been pushed to a place where they just feel it's their fault yeah they feel there isn't anywhere to go so this work you're doing is so important so important mm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. that's i know it's it's hard for you like you say you've got to look at the reports and you've got to, and it, it's heartbreaking to to find out that another human being is capable of doing that to someone yeah that yeah. awful they all that awful side to humans that we've all got in us in some degree you know but yeah it's yeah. it's such a shame isn't it yeah you know? yeah and tragically you know it's it's a lot more common uh, you know since lockdown as well oh god um cases of abuse is, um, and domestic violence is, 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 is worsening because of the stresses of lockdown and people yeah. who aren't safe in their home, who used to, you know, they used to be able to just go and go out and walk about mm. and not be in the house all the time, stuck in with the, with the nightmare. But that anyway, that's nice and <laughs> cheery thought for uh, well, we haven't. This is the thing. I haven't really, morning. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't really had that conversation. Actually, we're not. We've never really spoken about that before. And it's and it's through your, you doing your work. Will I, I will encourage someone to to speak up and speak out and and do mm. something? So it is. It's important. Yeah. yeah, and people will listen to this. There might be someone listening to this. Yeah. And if you are listening to this, and this is there, there, there is hope. You, there is hope. There are options. You're not just trapped in this forever. Reach out and speak to someone. You know, there's some. There will be someone there. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think important to note that you're not alone because I think this is 
very, very common, mm. yeah, scarily common. When I was chatting to the women who run the program, it's very common. Um, but, and, you know, as you say, there is hope because things can be done and, and just reaching out and getting help is, is the first. I suppose first off as well is kind of recognizing yourself that this is not okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard to accept that sometimes because you're in a relationship, you're very attached, you love that person. Um, and you don't want to admit to yourself that it's not healthy you know, it's not, it's not a good relationship and that it's toxic. So it's really hard to accept that in yourself. I think that's the first step. And then it's kind of, once you really honest with yourself, take a step back and look and think, no, no, this is not, this is not okay. This is toxic. And then the next step is like you say, is, is getting in contact with, with someone reaching out to friends or family and, um, yeah, yeah, and, and and asking for help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because because that because we because the, the, there's always that conversation. Of, yeah, but he loves me. That's why he does these things. It's not love. It's not love at all. Love. If someone loved you, they're really, they encourage the best of in you. They they want you to do things and and go out and live a life and have a have a nice time and and someone yeah. that's keeping you in and not let you know taking your phone off you and checking up on you all the time who are you talking to where are you going what are you doing that's mm. not love that's not love at all no. so like with jade and i like we are nothing but encouraging you know i'm yeah. nothing but proud of her for all the stuff she does and likewise mm. with me we, we do nothing but push each other yeah and that's yeah. love you know and i imagine you get that with your partner they're, they're encouraging yeah. they're, you know yeah they're, yeah max is great i i think it just reminded me of something I read yesterday, though, because um, people who the perpetrators of domestic violence um, and controlling behavior and things like this, they often will use the excuse of, um, oh, I had such a, a, a difficult childhood. It's not my fault because I've mm. had a really rough time growing up, you know, and it's and it's hard then for a caring person to kind of rationalize that and think, no, but this isn't right. And no. and often, you know, women will think, oh, you know, especially an empathetic person will think, oh, it's been so tough for them. And it's not them doing this. They've just had a really rough time growing up or whatever. Yeah. But but the point is that that is at the end of the day, only an excuse. And it's it's the person not taking responsibility for their own behavior at yes. the end of the day. That's the bottom line, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the point is don't take that as an excuse. There is no excuse for that kind of behavior. No. There no. just isn't full stop. Yeah, I mean, it's that Jade and I have that conversation all the time. Yes, you, it's awful that awful things happen to you when you were a kid. But then you don't get to just barrel around the rest of your life taking it out on everybody. Exactly. You know, it's awful, and, it, and but there is some there's help there's help for you as well. Mm. If you're the per, if you're the perpetrator of domestic exactly. violence, there's help for you too. Totally. You know, yeah. it's it's like you say, taking responsibility and recognizing that in yourself, yeah. which is not which is not not it's easy. Not an easy thing to no, do. No, of course no. not. Of course not. It's yeah, yeah. you just because you want. You want revenge, or you want not revenge, but you want you want some kind of you want the you want the pain that you suffered. You want you want that something to to happen. Do you, do you know what I mean? You want I need mm. that I need that I need to find the I need to speak to the, the the reason this happened, and I want it sorted out. And I don't know, I don't know. It's mm. a it's a it's 
it's a tricky one, isn't it? But it, yeah. yeah, but I'd, just you can't just go. My childhood was shit, therefore I'm going to knock you around the flat. Yeah, no, I know. I, I mean, who knows? You know what the root cause or why they do it. Um, but I mean, I've I've read and heard some truly horrific stories, and you you wonder how anyone could could do something like that to another human being. But mm. um, but like yeah, as you say, it's whatever has happened to to that person growing up. Uh, it is never an excuse to to um, to inflict violence or fear on another person or control. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. I think it is about like you say about the perpetrator is is them getting help for themselves. Mm. Yeah. 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 Totally. I think that's it as well. Is that is <clears throat> that assumption that because of your you know your your behaving badly there's no help for you there's help for everybody mm. on all sides and you know and that's yeah, yeah it's a tricky one but at least you know yeah there's at least it's all yeah at least you're doing something there's your your work i'm sure will inspire someone to make a phone call or you know reach so. out to, I, I think so yeah. I hope so yeah it's i was important. i was pleased to be contacted i was pleased to get the commission um and um you know the the women they're so lovely they're sort of like oh i don't know if there's something that you'd be interested in taking on and i was like i think this is a great um you know project to do i just think it's so worthwhile and uh i'll give it a stab kind of thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll give it a bash yeah yeah, it's, um, yeah. Well, i'm glad you're doing it and i'm glad i'm mm. glad we we could have this talk about it like i said i've not yeah. i've not really spoken about it before it's not really it hasn't come up the subject, mm. and uh, and it, again, it's a difficult one to bring up. Like, how do you? Yeah. Which is why we do these podcasts, so we can have that safe space to yeah. ask questions and do things like that. I will ask you this: changing yeah. the subject a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is fine art? What makes it fine? Oh, is it crap. just like oh, that's all right? <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It's fine. Because um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've done work that people have gone, yeah, it's fine, but not, yeah. Oh. Crikey! Um, I don't <laughs> oh, talk about put me on the spot. Um, yeah, no, sorry. yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, again, Jade's friend uh, Rebecca Win Kelly, who's been on. Yeah, yeah. She's a she. She does fine art, and it and, mm. and she's always talking about fine art. And it, yeah, I, yeah. I, what, yeah, what is it? I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't think I'm the best person to ask that because I often have this problem of like how do I define my photography? You know, people, mm. when, when people say, oh, what do you do? And I say, I'm a photographer. Um, often people's response is, oh, no way. Do, do you do that like full time? Do you make money off it? <laughs> I think people get oh, quite shocked that I can, that's all I do. Um, yeah. And then when I'm like, when they're like, what kind of photography do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, Am I am I conceptual photographer? What does that mean? Because most art is conceptual, as in that it's it's based on some kind of concept. And then I'm like, and other people have said, oh, I would say I would classify you as a fine art photographer, sort of because it's I'm an art photographer. It's not. I'm also the stuff, the images I do is that photography because what I do is it it's it's composites. It's not mm. straight photographs um very rarely do i i mean i i do occasionally i have got some um you know and in my recent um work i've got some which are one single straight photo but often 
99.99% of the time, it's it's at least two or three photographs stitched together. Yeah, it's talking about different genres of photography, I guess. It's art photography. And I don't know why we call it fine art. No idea. No. I'd never really, I'd never really thought about it before. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I just, I suppose mm. I would, yes. I mean, I suppose, it, does it come down to whoever's looking at the art, how they perceive it? Yeah. And and I really do hope that, yeah, that it's, um, that it is thought provoking. And it has been quite interesting listening to some of the, the reactions and, and uh, the feedback that I've got through exhibiting the work. And, um, and it's interesting how each individual will sort of um, just uh, will perceive the images in a different way. And we often have a way of sort of projecting our own experience onto anything that we see or, I don't know, sort of listen to, listen to songs. And you, because of your own experience, you will pick out certain lyrics in a song and sort of think that it's about this, um, depending on your own perspective. And it's the same with, with visual art. You'll look at something and um, there might be something that's sort of nostalgic that that's, that's connects with you within that image and, and you'll, you'll put your own personal slant on it. Because, yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite interesting how varied, how different people have, have, have read into the images without them having known the backstory. Mm. And then I thought... In the in the book, as you know, like I, I've asked, you know, participants if they wanted to, it's optional. Um, all of the all of the bits in the in this project were optional, and um, and asked participants to put their their own bit of text if they wanted to. And some chose not to, and some people had very short bits of text, were literally like mm. two three sentences, and others wrote a little bit more. One guy wrote a poem. Um, yeah, and and I think, like you say, I think it, it does add something else. I quite like, like say when I go to um, an art exhibition, um, I quite like to just have a look at the work first and make up my own mind about it. And then, but I'm always then interested in reading um, the, the blurb about uh, the image, if there is one afterwards. I yeah. like to do both. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love, <clears throat> I love the, I love, I love this. This conversation now comes from art and art you've done. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. I love that. I love. Yeah. That's this is these are the things that fire me up. And or mm. when I see when I see I've seen pictures and it's just maybe it's like three blobs of color. Well, it looks like just mm. three blobs of color, but um, but the it, they're not just blobs of color. There's a they've been put in a specific place. Mm on the mm. canvas mm. and, and it stirs yeah. something up in you yeah, yeah i think it's yeah, yeah. i think it really is truly amazing actually that like um that as you're saying you can you can literally when you put it down to like i don't know yeah just like just the the, the raw facts of say i don't know someone like rothko for example who's just got like just bands of colour going across a canvas, but the emotional impact that that can have is really quite profound. Yeah. Um, who'd have thought? But that's what art does. I think it evokes something in us, and I think it's something that's, oh, it's, it's hard to define, it's hard to put into words, and it's something that sort of, um, 
it's not maybe doesn't speak to our logic so much as it speaks to our senses and nice. that we have a reaction to it um and it's something that we feel um more than it's something that we could actually articulate in words and 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 i think that sort of that whole point is sort of rooted in what i was trying to do with the with the project and scene as well was with you know struggles with mental well-being is i think a lot of people do find it difficult to put it into words and and then i think that through accessing um sort of visual language with this type of photography it, it helps people sort of find a language to communicate what mm. how they were feeling and then they can communicate that to other people yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense uh, it does yeah absolutely if it doesn't sound a little bit poncy but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm just trying to find visual language darling but yeah, you know so, what yeah. i mean it's a like just it's, a language without yeah. words yeah it's it's di it's difficult to put stuff into words sometimes, but art I think cuts through that sometimes. It's, yeah. it, it gives us it allows us to just cut through that and cut right to the senses. Yeah, and it, and this there's always these the conversations like well you know there'd be a famous painting and and people are like, oh this is the best this is this this is top of the tree this is mm. sometimes I look at it, I go that to me looks like a load of old shit but that's yeah. that's me that's what I, and that's Mm. where you know they say art is subjective that's what they say yes. isn't it and so yeah don't be worrying about what other people think if you if you dig something good so it's, it's good yeah that's yeah. Uh, don't worry about anybody else yeah that's great totally. uh, is, i'm glad you came on this has been great it really <laughs> has been a nice chat. thanks for inviting me <laughs> yeah no, it's been my great. pleasure <laughs> my pleasure thank you so much uh, where can we mm -hmm. find you online and things like that Okay, so yeah, online, um, I guess uh, my website is just suzylark.com. So it's S-U-Z-I-E-L-A-R-K-E.com. And then on Instagram, I'm at suzylark and Twitter at suzylark. So it's pretty simple. Brilliant. Yeah. And the book comes, when's the book coming out? So the book, the book is, the book is out. I haven't done the official launch, but um it's um it is out and as of today it will be available to buy on the website brilliant brilliant fantastic right. thank you susie for taking thank the you. time and for coming to talk to us it's been great thank you yeah thanks a lot ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.